Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back right now. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Rudy. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got to. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta. Time will get rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that didn't have to run at its pro day. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusToCanton.com. That's Matt Bruning. That's Austin Nace, and I'm Felix Sharp on a fresh version of tonight's show. Had the tectonic plates shifted for the top for the, for the top rookie running backs. A fantasy industry titan joins the show, and Fantasy Court makes its second appearance. But Austin, we start with a little bit of housekeeping. Talk to us about the spring game coming up this Saturday. We are very excited to present our first run at calling a college football game for you guys uh, from a Debbie perspective. And we chose the Alabama spring game here this weekend as our first go at that. So that starts at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Of course, the official official uh, time zone of the show here. Uh, we'll be kicking that off, and we will be going live on here, just the three of us. I'll be doing play-by-play, and Felix and Matt will be providing all the other uh, good commentary that goes along with that. So do not miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if it goes well, who knows? We might bring it back in the future. Who's to say? Bruning, we are doing a giveaway for the podcast what jersey and what are we what are we giving away? You're you're muted, Bruning. Oh, well, gone. Bruning just he's gone. Uh, but oh, we are giving away we are giving away a Javante Williams jersey. Just go to iTunes and give us a five star rating and review. And then in the next few weeks, we will be giving away an autographed an autographed Javante Williams jersey. I'm sure that we will be talking about Javante Williams a little bit later in the show today. Hey, 
Campus Decan.com, or excuse me, campus the Campus Decanton podcast is also doing a jersey giveaway. That one, Travis Etienne. So you guys can get yourselves into two drawings. Go to the Campus to Canton uh, podcast and give them a five-star rate and review. DM your rate and review to either Austin or Colin for the Campus to Canton uh, giveaway. DM your review to either me, Austin, or Matt for the uh, uh, Debbie Debate giveaway, and you'll get yourself in those drawings. So two giveaways for, for two of the Campus to Canton podcasts. All right, Austin? April is very busy for us. What do we have going on next uh, next week? Last thing before we hop into the show here, we have we've done our, our QB summits over at Campus Decant. We've done our running back summits so far, where we talk about uh, live our top ten at the position uh, for Campus Decant purposes, and then we kind of go go private after that and do a, a larger deep dive. We are doing our wide receivers next Monday. It's going to be all of the guys at Campus Decanton. And we are unveiling our newest member over there as well, who's going to be making an appearance. So um, always a good a good time with those who do not miss out on that either. And that starts at uh, 8.30, I believe. But we'll, we'll double it at 8.30. Matt says yes. So perfect. <clears throat> By the way, since my computer was messing up, there's a Javante jersey. I was all excited to show it off. And- Whatever, Felix. Can give me two seconds. So that's cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to be a professional. I'm trying to keep the show going, but you know. All right. Um, I, this is a fun show today. We have a fantasy industry titan on the show today. Um, CBS Sports senior fantasy writer, co-host of Fantasy Football Today, geographer extraordinaire, Dave Richard at Dave Richard on Twitter. Dave, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, We've seen, you know, kind of during the pandemic, some of the elite tier, the elite tier of the fantasy industry have kind of reached out to, you know, guys like us and have come on. And we, you know, we, I really appreciate it. I DM'd you, didn't expect to get a response. And of course, you know, you DM me back relatively quickly and said, (laughs) said, sure. So um, we really appreciate you coming on. First question, we're talking about rookies tonight. We're talking about the class. What are kind of your overall observations about the rookie class this year? Well, first of all, Felix, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Felix, I've been seeing your tweets for, for a while now. I'm impressed by your knowledge. And uh, I know that Austin and Matthew, you bring it too. Uh, I've dubbed you guys the fam, F-A-M, Felix, Austin, Matthew. You guys are doing a great job. And uh, love the Debbie, Debbie debate. Love the idea behind it. Uh, I can't wait to see if we get into any debates tonight. The 10,000-foot view of this rookie class is that it's loaded at wide. It's it's the same stuff you've heard from everybody else. It's loaded at wide receiver. I think fantasy managers and dynasty leagues are going to be really happy with what they find. Even in mid-round two to the end of round two, when they're looking at wide receivers that have some decent traits that can help them on their dynasty teams, you're not going to see the same thing at tight end and running back. Those are top heavy positions. Tight end, you know who the only guy really is there. And then quarterback is interesting. Um, And just going back to running backs, I, I don't think there's a perfect running back in the class. I think every single guy in the class has a flaw. Quarterback, I think there's one guy that everybody's pretty much agreed on is almost flawless. And I think that there's another quarterback that's really, really good. And then after that, you've got three quarterbacks that have a chance to be anywhere from solid to special, honestly. So I I think it's a class that's got a lot of 
good talent, especially a wide receiver, a couple of game breakers. Pitts certainly qualifies. But otherwise, there's there's a lot of imperfect diamonds in the draft class. Not so much that it makes, like, if you've got a back half of round one or a late round two dynasty rookie-only pick, I don't think you're going to shy away from the class. But I think you'll be maybe not quite as jazz as if you've got one of those first six picks in your rookie only draft. That seems to be the sweet spot this year. Sure. So I know, I mean, you kind of just covered what the perception of this class is at the different positions. So beyond that, is there um, maybe a a situation or a landing spot? I'm kind of throwing this one to you uh, cold here. It's not on the sheet here, but is there a situation at all anywhere, any position that if somebody goes there, it piques your interest a little more than it may have for somebody otherwise? Sure. So I think if Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, he'll be really good. No, uh, you guys already knew that. <laughs> I, I hear that's not happening. So, uh, yeah. but, but, go, but go ahead. He slides to the, to the Jets at two. I'm sure glad the Jets won those two games. It's going to work out great for them. <laughs> um, I, I would love to see Najee Harris in Atlanta. And I know the Falcons brought in Mike Davis, and there's a couple of people that for some reason they, they really think that Mike Davis will be the lead guy for the Falcons this year. Okay, whatever you want to think, pal. I think Harris would give Arthur Smith the, the, the type of running back that he had in Tennessee, not to say that that's what Arthur Smith does. Uh, I don't believe that Arthur Smith is a, well, I got to pound the rock type of a play caller. I think he likes to adapt. He speaks of adapting all the time. And if, if he gets Najee Harris, at least it's a rookie running back that he should be very comfortable with. I don't think he would be quite as comfortable giving even 70% of the workload that he gave Derrick Henry to any other back in this class besides Harris. I'd love to see him go there. I'd love to see Harris go to Pittsburgh. Now, the Pittsburgh's offensive line is, is kind of falling apart, and Atlanta's isn't exactly anything great to write home about either. But I, I think Harris would get a, a really nice workload in Pittsburgh. I'd be happy if he went to either of those two places. And, you know, we can, we can talk about Miami or Arizona uh, as being other possible destinations. I think you can, you might take Arizona out of it now because they got James Conner and you might take Tampa out of it too, because they got Leonard Fournette and they signed geo. So I I think some teams are kind of showing that they're not uh, in the running back derby that they might've been in three weeks ago. Um, As for wide receiver, where would be a great spot for, for Jamar Chase? Chase is my wide receiver one. He's my favorite one in the group. The problem with these great rookie wide receivers is that they're going to go to a team that isn't really set up that well. You could say the Dolphins, and it would make sense if he went to the Dolphins, but you know, we'll see about Tua and whether or not he can actually evolve a little bit into a more uh, efficient and explosive passer. Sure, having Chase there would help him out. Um I'm not sure. I, I, I really, I, I almost, I, I know that Chase to Cincinnati seems like fun. Maybe that's probably long-term where the, the landing spot as far as top five teams would be really appealing would be if Chase reunites with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and then the Bengals eventually get an offensive line to protect Burrow and, uh, and Chase becomes that number one guy. And that off that passing offense would be really, really good if Chase went there. But I think Chase could have a, very good career if he's Joe Burrow's target for the next decade. So you're just talking about Najee and some of the places you'd like to see him go. The seems to be the consensus top three running backs are Najee Harris, Javante Williams, and Travis Etienne. 
Is that how you have them and how do you have them ranked? That is how I have them. Exactly like that. And the reason I used to sing the praises of Travis Etienne on our podcast, but the truth is that during the football season, I don't watch a lot of college football. And when I did tune in, I'm usually watching Clemson or I mean, I watched a lot of Najee Harris too, but I saw a lot of Etienne and every time I watch him and I watched him for several years, he was amazing. And so when you buckle down and you watch the film, you get a little nervous and you get a little bit of that CJ Spiller vibe. And I, I, I'm wondering if there is a little more downside with ETN than there is with the bigger guys, which are Harris and Javante Williams. And I mean, honestly, the only flaw, the, the biggest flaw I should say that I see in Williams is that only one year of big time experience, but he seems to have his head on straight. He seems to have a body for it. Um, love the way that he plays with that physical style. Think he can contribute as a pass catcher think he can come around as a pass blocker the, the blocking is a negative for etn in a major way uh I'm, I'm not sure if he can actually become uh an amazing three down player uh, of the alvin Kamara ilk but that's what we're gonna have to hope for with etn is that he can he's already got the receiving part down you know he's got the speed can he can he become a better blocker and earn that type of playing time where he's getting 70 percent of the snaps and is he going to land with a team that's going to throw him the football five plus times per game? If that happens, then ETN could leapfrog Harris and Williams and be the number one back in fantasy. But going into the draft, just to answer your question, he's third for me. I think that I, and I've always gravitated toward bigger backs to begin with, but Harris to me just seems like a safer bet. You want to talk about a mature running back who can catch the ball, who can block. I think Harris can do that. Williams is second, ETN is third, and I know you didn't ask it, but I'll answer it anyway. Michael Carter, fourth on the list. And then after that, there's a drop-off, and there's a lot of imperfect running backs in the class. That was actually going to be the the follow-up question because there is consensus all over the fantasy industry about, you know, well, the top five quarterbacks, um, the the top couple of wide receivers, top five or so, um, who's the top tight end. But there had not been consensus about who the RB4 is. So, yeah, I'm interested to hear your take. I believe we all have um, Javante at number two and ETN at number three. I'm, I myself, is I'm a big fan. I like size. Oh, you, Austin, you have you have ETN too? Mm-hmm. He's more upside. He has more upside. I'll swing for the fences with him. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, I, yeah, they're not that far apart, but yeah. Okay. All right. You well, you know, I prefer size at that position. And in and day, I mean, like my RB four is Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. I like um, him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really He's like Ramondre. Lateral agility, Felix. That is uh, he. He does for a big dude. He does. I mean, I think that he has more lateral lateral agility than, you know, Eddie Lacy, who people would compare him to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think he's a bigger Kareem Hunt. And so we'll, hopefully he gets at least day two draft capital um, because that's what that's what I want to see with my running backs is at least be taken in the third round. If he falls to the fourth round, you know, we'll see. But I'm hoping that he gets taken in that kind of Zach Moss um, um, area. So it's one thing I'm waiting for for next Friday. All right, before, we are going to jump more into the rookies with Dave, but, I mean, we were thinking about what we could do, and we had, we did our first fantasy court segment where Matt reluctantly did uh, the character of Judge Matthew Devereaux Bruning. I don't know if he's going to do the character uh, uh, tonight, but we were thinking about what we could do. Um, 
Uh, Austin is a Steelers fan. I myself, I've been a Deontay Johnson fan since I was watching him and Logan Woodside. And uh, I forgot the other Johnson who went to the Dallas Cowboys and the UDFA and Kareem Hunt. They were all playing at Toledo. And I look at Dave's rankings, and Dave has Chase Claypool ranked ahead of all the other uh, Steeler wide receivers. So this makes for a perfect uh, uh, fantasy court, the return of fantasy court. So with that, Judge Bruning, I will turn the floor over to you. Dave, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to witness this. All right. He's gonna do it. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Uh, all right, I gotta, I gotta stop laughing. Fantasy Quartz is now in session. Case number two one zero zero six nine four. In the matter of who is the best Pittsburgh wide receiver, your honorable judge Matthew Devereux Bruning presiding. Will counsel please identify themselves? Go ahead, Dave. Identify yourself. I've, Who are I, you I, taking? I, I'm uh, I'm Dave Richard. Oh, do I have to talk like that? Just say I'm no, not just Dave Matt. Richard just for Matt. No, so. Yeah, so, yeah I, I'm representing Chase Claypool in uh, in in court today. Uh, I'm Austin Nace. I'll, I'll be representing Mr. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster today. And Felix Sharp, Your Honor, for Deontay Johnson. This is Mr. The most Richard, please. I've ever been on. Now we've got two attorneys on the, the bill here, so that that helps. <laughs> That's why. Mr. Richard, the floor is yours. First and foremost, it's an honor to be in your courtroom today, Your Honor. Uh, I represent Chase Claypool, especially in non-PPR, but for the sake of the debate, I will defend him as well in full PPR as the most explosive and big play option that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Now, last year, you can even go back and look at how he did in non-PPR leagues. He averaged more non-PPR points per game than both Deontay and Juju Smith-Schuster. That was as a rookie without an off-season workout program, without a regular training camp. I'm expecting this year to be a regular training camp for the Steelers, and I expect the Steelers' offense to continue to use Chase Claypool Mr. Well, Your Honor, would Mr. Richard is incapacitated, please. Give us your case on Deontay Johnson. If the court would allow me 10 seconds. It, your your Honor, if I su would suggest, uh, at least, uh, uh, Your Honor, I can take my position. And while Mr. While counsel, Mr. Richard, is uh, uh, fixing his technological issues, I can go ahead with my presentation. Does that work, Your Honor? Proceed, Mr. Shaw. Uh, now, uh, Your Honor, I, I, I have to admit that I don't have – uh, non-PPR stats. But what I do have, Your Honor, is the fact that Deontay Johnson was a third-round pick out of Toledo. And his rate of return, at least in dynasty leagues, has far outpaced Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster, who you had to spend much higher, at least, dynasty capital on. When he was a rookie, Deontay Johnson was being taken later than the names of Hunter Renfro, Dar Darius Slayton, Hakeem Butler, my, uh, uh uh, Miko Hardman, Miles Boykin, but but he has produced in 2020, just last season. He led Steeler wide receivers in PPR points per game. He led Steeler wide receivers in yards. He led Steeler wide receivers in targets with 144 
and was second on the team in TD catches despite playing one less game than Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster. In 2019, as a rookie, in your honor, you'll have to recall that uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger was injured much of that season. Well, again, Deontay Johnson, as a third-round rookie out of Toledo, led the Steeler wide receivers in catches, led the Steeler wide receivers in touchdowns, and led Steeler wide receivers in points per game. Again, quite frankly, your honor, this are this this. Uh, 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 debate is really between two horses, and that's Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Anyone who thinks that Juju Smith-Schuster belongs in this category believes in, in that the earth is flat. So we're just going to put uh, Mr. M- Mr. Dietz uh, uh, here in the background. But I let me say this for the court. Deontay Johnson is already winning. It remains to be seen whether or not Chase Claypool is a better option. They've only played one season uh, together, and in that season, Deontay Deontay Johnson outclassed Chase Claypool for as talented as he is. And so, for that reason, Your Honor, I it's 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 our position, Your Honor, that Deontay Johnson is the best out of the three. Rightly. Com- <laughs> Compelling case, Mr. Shop. Very, very compelling. Mr. Richard, please continue your dissertation. I apologize for my technical snafus, Your Honor. Uh, when I left off, I was talking about Chase Claypool and how he seems to be utilized specifically in and out of the red zone. Out of the red zone, it's the deep ball, and it's that one-on-one competitive catch type of nature that he was drawing and winning with over the course of the season. And then in the red zone, it's screens, it's running plays, and also those same types of one-on-one fades where a gargantuan six-foot-five wide receiver is up against a 5'10 corner or a six-foot safety. It's easy pickings for somebody like Ben Roethlisberger who has gravitated toward his unique receivers throughout his entire career, whether it's someone who's speedy and shifty like Antonio Brown or someone who's big like once upon a time, Juju Smith-Schuster, but now it's Chase Claypool. And Claypool, I believe your honor, had more red zone targets than Deontay Johnson had last year. I expect the Steelers offense to change a little bit, especially because of the offensive line changes and because of the big question mark at running back. They are going to have to lean on all of their wide receivers, but the one that's got the biggest playmaking ability and game-breaking ability is the giant. It is Chase Claypool. He has the most upside, and he also has the fewest drops compared to Deontay Johnson. Claypool is the one that I will happily take in non-PPR, and for the sake of this debate, also take in PPR over Deontay Johnson. Well, Mr. Richards, coming in hot. You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Mr. Dietz, the floor is yours. Your Honor, as dynasty managers, we must always weigh what we have seen before, previously, but uh, against what we believe we will see in the future. <clears throat> that is, in essence, what dynasty fantasy football is all about, predicting the future based on what we've seen in the past. So I can forgive Mr. Richards and Mr. Sharp for arguing that for Steelers wide receivers, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Both have strong physical gifts. Both have flashed high-end dynasty potential. But my argument today does not revolve around flashes or predictions. Instead, I am here to tell you why my client, Mr. John Smith, 
as is his given name, is the wide receiver that I want to own on the Steelers because we've seen him do it. What is it, you may ask? Well, in 2017, as a rookie and the wide receiver two on the Steelers, Juju finished as wide receiver 20 overall in half PPR scoring. I'm going to split the difference here between the two gentlemen that went before me. The following year, again, as the second wide receiver on the team, he finished as wide receiver eight. And after a forgettable 2019, as Mr. Sharp mentioned, in which he only played 12 games with that revolving door at quarterback that involved Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph, he followed that up in 2020 with a wide receiver 17 finish. Three top 20 finishes in half PPR, all by the age of 24. Conversely, consider Mr. Johnson, also 24 years old, but with only two years of NFL experience under his belt and wide receiver 41 and 21 finishes. Wide receiver 21 sounds appealing, right? Well, the kicker is Johnson's biggest season as a middling wide receiver two came on 144 targets and 10, 10 and a half yards per target. No 100-yard finish, or no 1,000-yard finish, no 100-reception finish. His upside is connected solely to that big target number. And Big Ben, he doesn't have forever. And while Mr. Juju has accomplished a better finish on 14 fewer targets last year and half PPR, is that sustainable? With Big Ben on his way out and no idea who the next quarterback is, Johnson is linked to the Steelers for at least two more years while Juju is probably on his way out next season. And Mr. Claypool, the wide receiver that I would take second on this team, he is the best athlete of the trio, I will admit. And he is dangered with manufactured touches. He can work deep. And he probably will continue to develop his route tree. All of these things are true. But again, we have not seen it all yet. We've seen Juju score 97-yard touchdowns. We've seen him be a safety blanket for a quarterback. Do we think Chase Claypool can reach these heights? Maybe, but it's too soon to say. And with these players so close in age, that cannot be a determining factor in this argument. So while we think that Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool have wide receiver one ceilings, we know that Juju has one. And Your Honor, I ask you to find in favor of my client, Mr. Juju Smith-Schuster. Thank you for your time. Well, Mr. Nance, you definitely brought the fire. I love Deontay Johnson. He is my favorite wide receiver. However, Mr. Sharp, you failed to defend your clients well at all. I cannot declare this a mistrial as much as I want to. I'm going to rule in the favor of Mr. Richards, who brought even better stats than Mr. Nance there, and I believe has the more upside than Claypool. While I like Juju, his TikTok dances are just as bad as his play on the football field. <laughs> Court is over. I object, and I move for a mistrial. I move for a mistrial. No mistrials. Uh-oh. No mistrials. We'll be appealing. <laughs> Dave, how do you how do you like Judge Devereaux Bruning? I, I love it. I love it. I. Uh... <laughs> It's pretty funny. Thank you. The, the in-between Texas, Scottish, Australian accents there. That's a, you know, I the, mean, the, the you mix. don't hear that voice very often. Um, yeah. That's different. It's because it doesn't we, exist. We, <laughs> we had to peer pressure him into doing the character. So, um, all right. So, so all right. Hold on a second, though. Matthew, you do this every yes. fantasy court? 
No, this unfortunately just started. And the worst part about it is I actually have a whole costume that I was hoping to have here today just for you. <laughs> a fake mustache, a judge's robe. The judge's robe was too tight for my manly physique here, and I would have ripped out of it, and my cowboy hat is not here yet either. But that will be premiering soon on a, on a coming okay, episode. Well, I can't wait to see that. Um, that. To me, that's the best part of Fantasy Court is uh, Judge Devereaux. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank well, you. Getting, getting down. Um, and thank you for ruling in the favor of my client. Absolutely. Well, well, Dave, if you're going to make it to the uh, Fantasy Expo in August, you might get to see Judge Devereaux there because the our campus to Canton group is going to be uh, speaking and presenting awesome. at the Fantasy Expo. Awesome. So. I really hope I'm there. All right. All right. Well, um, since we have Dave on the show, we wanted to do a two-round rookie mock draft, super flex tight end premium. Easy as it sounds. Dave, since you are our, our guest, we will give you the first pick. Okay. So to me, in a super flex tight end premium, there's only two directions you can go in with the first pick. It's Kyle Pitts or it's Trevor Lawrence. And goodness gracious, I, I think I think it would depend on what you need. If you need a quarterback, then obviously you're going to take Trevor Lawrence. And if you don't, then I think you go with the tight end premium and Kyle Pitts. But here's what I know. There is only one tight end in this draft class that is anywhere close to Kyle Pitts. There really hasn't been a tight end like this in the last six or seven or eight draft classes, to be honest with you. I mean, you probably have to go back to, I mean, Kittle was a fifth round pick once upon a time. Mark Andrews, I think, was like a third round pick. So tight ends like Kyle Pitts don't come around very often. And it's Jeremy Shockey, I think. Great. The last okay, one. Well, yeah. you know, when I watch Kyle Pitts play, that's who I think of is Jeremy <laughs> freaking Shockey. You know, I mean, goodness gracious. Why don't we throw out Frank Wycheck while we're at it? No, Shockey was great. Of course, he played for my Canes. Uh, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts in the tight end premium super flex league. A, because he's a unicorn. B, because it's a super flex. It doesn't mean I have to start two quarterbacks. I can still start one. Hopefully, Kyle Pitts is going to be locked onto my fantasy squad for a decade. It's a great pick. He's going to have the best season uh, for a tight end as a rookie, or otherwise I'm going to sing I the Michigan so. Fight song, so I, I hope I so. I think so, too. It's, I mean, it still comes down to where he goes, yeah. whether it's going to end up being Atlanta or Miami or Cincinnati or Detroit. It's going to be one of those four teams. Um, but he's he's got a great chance of a long, interesting career, but it could really get started in a major way if it's Atlanta. All right. Well, I guess yeah. I, I am on the clock here at 102, and um, I guess he made my choice pretty easy. I'm going to go Tyler – or yeah, Tyler. Trevor Lawrence. Tyler um, Lawrence? Top, yeah, Tyler Lawrence. Tyler That's Lockett. his long-lost brother. <laughs> um, uh, you know, top quarterback in the class. I love him. Upside is enormous, and I, you know, I can't think of anybody else I would rather take here in this spot. So, well, that makes my picks just as easy. I'm going Justin Fields. You guys know he's my argument to be the QB one in this class. I think he's got just as high, if not a higher ceiling than Trevor Lawrence. I don't care if he goes Jets, 49ers, Patriots, Detroit Lions, wherever he ends up going. I think he's going to be absolutely phenomenal. So I will take Fields at three. You know, my conviction about Zach Wilson is just feel I'm getting weaker and weaker, uh, especially if Trey Lance lands in San Francisco. Um, but I don't think I'm there yet. So I'm going to take uh, Zach, Zach Wilson here at number four. And so I'm up again at five. Right. And this yep. is a, this is a tough spot because 
super flex. Uh, I, I, I see what you see in Trey Lance. I think that he's got potential to be an amazing NFL quarterback, but I still see Jamar chase. And I think he's one of the safest players on the board. I'm going to say that he's the next best guy and, and getting him at five almost feels kind of like a steal a little bit yeah. that I'm getting Jamar chase this late, but that's going to be my pick. Um, if I, if I had a little more conviction in Trey Lance and I really thought that he was a better passer than what we saw at, at North Dakota State, and honestly, his pro day, he missed seven throws on his pro day. That kind of sticks in the back of my head a little bit. He's got great tools, but Chase is already like a made man in the NFL, and I think he's going to be outstanding no matter where he goes. Man, I was really hoping that you would go the opposite way with that and take Trey Lance <laughs> so I, I could scoop up Mr. Chase. Because um, I don't think I want to go with Trey Lance quite this early either. It is a little scary. Like, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with how you um, how you put that. So I think I'll start the running back run here. I'll take Najee Harris. And I am starting to get more and more resigned to the fact that the Steelers are going to blow their first round pick on him. And it's, I'm going to be so upset. I I'm going to have to hop off the draft show that we're doing live. If that happens, because <laughs> I, I like him. He's just not worth a first round draft pick. He'll never be worth a first round draft pick, but here we are. So <laughs> not you here. here you go. Well, as I've talked about many times on here, I am all about getting running backs early. I think that's how you kind of have to build your team out, especially in Dynasty. And there's only one running back I think is close to Najee in this class. I've been talking about him all season. That's Javante Williams. I think regardless of where he goes, I still think he's got the chance to be a true workhorse back. He can work in the receiving game. He's got that lateral agility. Dave and Felix were talking about earlier with Ramondre Stevenson that I love. Doesn't have that home run speed that Travis Etienne has, but – as all you guys know, I'm not that big on Travis Etienne. So I will take Williams here at seven. Yeah, I mean, this makes my decision really easy. I'm going to go ahead and take Trey Lance. Uh, Matt Waldman has compared him to a combination of uh, Steve McNair and Matthew Stafford. Big, strong, stout uh, quarterback who can also run. It's probably the most aggressive runner out of the, yeah, the top four. I would say that. So he has... I mean, he has upside as quarterback one um, is is probably, you know, could be used at the goal line like Cam Newton. So I'm going to go with Trey Lance here at eight. And so now I believe I'm up again at number yes, nine. Sir. And to me, the, the debate is between three guys. You've got Travis Etienne, who's got that explosiveness. You've got Jalen Waddle, speaking of explosiveness, and you've got Devontae Smith, who's got that uh, very good hands and sweet feet combination. Seems like he's got a real good head for the game. Who's the safest of the three? I'm going to go with the guy who's the thickest of the three, and that's Jalen Waddle. Uh, the fact that he's explosive with the football in his hands, I love the way he moves. I think he plays a little bit bigger than he actually is, and I think that Jalen Waddle has a chance to maybe not do exactly what Jamar Chase can do, but be right behind him. So, again, kind of leaning towards safety, not ready to take Mac Jones. There isn't another tight end that I like, and – um uh, figuring that Travis Etienne could have a little more downside than what people might be willing to admit. I'm going to take Waddle at nine. That's twice now where you said a bunch of names and I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't take that one. And then he takes that one. <laughs> now we're back. Now we're back to the drawing board again. Um, <clears throat> so I like Felix said about, you know, his convictions being a little shaken in Zach Wilson's. That is how I feel about Rondell Moore, who uh, in a lot of these practice runs in the past, 
I've been taking in this range and not because I think any less of him because that he's five, seven, but because I worry the NFL will. So until I get some sort of confirmation from them that he's still going to be, you know, a, a second round guy, maybe in the draft, I think I have to pass on him. And so I'm going to go Devonta Smith, you know, it's between him and Rashad Bateman. I think at that point are really the only options there. Uh, I could have gone ETN, but I, I, I went Harris and I, I don't know. I, I will go Devonta Smith. I, I don't think I've taken him in a mock ever. So um, trying something new here today. Uh, so with the depth of the wide receiver class, and again, I'm not as big a fan on, oh, what am I? Yeah, I'm not as big a fan on Travis Etienne. I'm going to take Mac Jones here. He's my quarterback four. I have him above Wilson, I think. Again, I know he doesn't have the upside as the other quarterbacks in this class, but you know, I've said before, I think he's right in that QB 15 range every single year, regardless of where he goes. Got that great football IQ, great pocket manipulation. He's just a I hate to use the term game manager because it gets used negatively, but I think he's going to be at least decent in the NFL moving forward. So give me a guy that in a super flex format, a guy that you can plug in as your QB two every single week. And I think feel comfortable with that is, is a great pick getting here at 11. So I'm going to go Mac Jones. You know, I still like Rondell Moore, how explosive he is. I mean, if he was five, nine, I don't think this would be a conversation. And quite frankly, I think that he would be taken already. That said, I'm, I'm considering uh, more Terrence Marshall and Rashad Bateman. This is all going to be sorted out by draft capital. And so um, right now, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to stick with more. I'm going to go with Rondell Moore here. I get it. And uh, he's fun, man. He's a lot of fun to watch. Small, but man, is he shifty. Uh, he, he could be a lot of fun at the next level. And now I've got an interesting decision. I'm doing it again to you where I'm, I'm going to name two players I'm looking at. I see Travis Etienne. No one's taken him yet, right? I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Terrace, yet, he's still Marshall, there. Yeah. Terrace Marshall is still there. I, I think I do have to pull the trigger on Travis Etienne at this point and knowing that his upside is still very good, certainly r- at least right there with Najee Harris, if not higher than his. Uh, I'm, I, that's going to be the pick, and I actually feel like that's the biggest steal so far, believe it or not, Etienne making it to me all the way down here. Well, uh, Dave just got Travis Etienne in a, technically uh, pick 13, so that could be uh, round two of a 12-team draft. Let me just recap the first round. We've got Dave taking Kyle Pitts, Austin with Trevor Lawrence, Matt with Justin Fields. I took Zach Wilson. Uh, Dave took Jamar. Ch- I tell you what, if Dave's team has like quarterbacks, uh, th- this team, his team is going to uh, uh, rip it up. Uh, this season because his his skill position players are loaded. So Dave took Jamar Chase, Austin took Najee, Matt with Javante, I took Trey Lance, Dave took Jalen Waddle, Austin took Devonta Smith. Uh, at eleven we got Mac Jones and I took Rondell Moore at number twelve, and Dave just took Travis Etienne at thirteen. Austin, we're on to you. <sighs> Decisions keep getting tougher and tougher. This isn't getting easier here, folks. Um. So I, I'm going to take the other name that you just mentioned again. I'm going to go Marshall here. I think of all the wide receivers in this class, you know, outside of Jamar Chase, who I think, you know, isn't like an, just an objectively better prospect. But but Mar- uh, Marshall has this kind of alpha potential profile, yeah. with, you know, size, speed, uh, college production. You know, he, he has most of the things that you look for there. I wish his hands were just a little better. But, you know, in the second round, I think you you take a swing there. So I'll go. Um, Terrace Marshall here at pick 14. 
All right, so that makes my decision a little bit easier. I was worried Austin might go here. I'm taking Rashad Bateman. He's my wide receiver four. I love everything about his game. I've said, uh, you know, on our podcast and other places, I think he's the Justin Jefferson of this class. He's getting overlooked. He doesn't have the speed, doesn't have the size, but he is a phenomenal route runner. He's got great hands. I think he is just a phenomenal wide receiver prospect. So to get him here at 15, I'm actually pretty happy about that. So I will take Rashad Bateman. Yeah, this actually makes my decision really easy. I'm going to double up on Moore's and take Elijah Moore here. Um, you know, it tested really well as pro day, just like every single player uh, did uh, th- this year at their pro day. But um, slot receiver extraordinaire. He should, I think he'll get day two ca- draft capital and he'll start as a slot receiver somewhere. So this makes my pick even easier. This is the dawning of the age of Kadarius. Age of Kadarius. Thank you. Thank you very much. Kadarius, Tony, <laughs> Florida, 10 receiving touchdowns last year. Small in stature, but man, can he move on a football field. And I wonder if that intoxicates a coach to take him in late round one. I've seen him mock to New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Oh, my goodness. I would love to see him in one of those offenses. Hoping that's happening. Fingers crossed. One of the best second-round picks you can take in your rookie-only draft this year, Kadarius Tony. Man, that would be an embarrassment of riches with him in Tampa. Like, I, Seriously. I, I don't know how you cover all those guys. Um, I, don't, I don't want to think about that. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> this is tight end premium, and we are starting to get into the range where I start thinking about some of these other guys here. So I'm going to pull the trigger on Pat Fryermuth who I think is just totally getting lost in the shuffle this year, produced really well in an offense that is not modern at all at Penn State. I think if he had been in an offense that would have been willing to utilize him, you know, he's not on the Kyle Pitts level of an athlete or as a player, but a team could have tried to get the ball in his hands a little more and they would have benefited from that. Um, I think he can be a, you know, TJ Hawkinson, you know, stylistically, in the NFL and um, you know, and, and Hawkinson has some nice value after his second year here. I think Fryermuth will be viewed similarly in the not so distant future. So that makes my pick a little bit harder. I was, I was going to go Fryermuth there. Um, you know, we've got Amon Ross St. Brown on the board, Tylen Wallace, Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, Jamar Jefferson, I do think there's a tad bit of a drop off at tight end after Brevin Jordan. So I'm going to go Brevin Jordan. I, you know, I think he's going to be, I'm a little bit worried about him going into the NFL. I think he's got all the tools to be a really good tight end and a good offensive weapon. Obviously I've said before, I think the, the landing spot is going to be crucial for him because he's got to go to a team that's going to use him the correct way. That being said, if he does go to a team that uses him the correct way, I think he's got a shot to be a top 12 tight end right out the bat with his skill set. So I will take Brevin Jordan. You know, I, I've said on this show that I don't prefer contested catchers, and I think that that's what Tylen Wallace is. At least he was in college, but I think that that's what he's he was asked to do. I think he has a skill set um, to be to be more than that in the NFL. We might we might see him used um, more diversely in an offensive scheme. Um, and plus, I think he has at least one elite trait in his kind of jumping and leaping. Uh, contested catchability. Um, and I know he's, you know, he's not a six, three wide receiver, but I think that we might see um, the best, the, that the best of Tylen Wallace is yet to come. So I'm going to take Tylen Wallace here at 20 and we're back to you, Dave. And I don't see a quarterback that I'm ready to sink this pick into. And 
I, I don't. I'm not sure if there's a receiver that I really love here. There's Dwayne Eskridge and there's Amari Rogers. I'm a fan of Amari Rogers. I just think he's an he's a solid slot receiver that can come right into the NFL and catch 50 passes as a rookie and develop from there. I'm going to take a chance on Michael Carter. That's going to be my pick here. And he, he's a zero as a pass blocker, but he's got really good hands. He's got great moves. I think he does have potential to be at worst a a an air back a satellite back and at most maybe he learns how to pass block and maybe he can develop into being one of those short shifty speedy uh lead running backs for a team i think he's got a lot of potential he's one of my favorite watches from this year loved watching his games uh he's my rb4 we've already talked about that and that's gonna be my pick here in round two so i think at this point you know i'm i'm Rapidly running out of guys that I have a second round grade on. One of the few guys I do have left that has one is Amon Ross St. Brown, who is going to be the non-flashy, non-sexy guy that goes in the NFL this year and puts up better numbers than everybody thinks as a rookie. I just think he's, from a technical standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, I think he has most of the things that you want. And I think he has positional versatility. So, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to have the kind of year Justin Jefferson did, but he can go to any team, you know, a team that runs a lot of two wide three wide do a lot of different stuff and I think can get playing time um, to right off the bat. I just can't quit him. And I can't go through a mock without picking him. I'm taking my guy, Jamar Jefferson. I just have to do it. I believe in him. He's my RB four. I think he's got everything to be a good back at the NFL level. I've said before, I think he will be an RB two. If he gets a shot at a starting job, and even if he doesn't, I think he can be a very good compliment. Trey Sermon's right there too. Obviously I like Trey Sermon a lot. Injuries scare me a little bit. I'm not as big on Ramondre as, as Felix and Dave are. So I just, I refuse to go through any draft or mock without getting my guy. And it's, it's grab your guy season for me at this point. So I'm taking Jamar Jefferson. Yeah. There are a couple of running backs that I'm thinking of here. Um, uh, Trey Sermon being one Ramondre Stevenson being one and Kenneth Gainwell being one. And I, again, I think that draft capital and landing spot is going to help sort this situation out. But quite frankly, I'm going to go with the guy that I have fourth and that's Ramondre Stevenson. So that is going to be the, um, the, entirety of the draft in round two we had dave go with travis Etienne, uh then terrence marshall rashad bateman elijah moore Kadarius tony pat firemuth brevin jordan tylen wallace michael carter amon ross st brown jamar jefferson ramondre stevenson you still got uh, i mean at the very least you got tamarion terry uh out there um seth williams <clears throat> seth seth williams who could get day to draft capital so you know that early third round is really looking uh good um you know in in dynasty leagues uh uh you're gonna get some value there at the very least in super flex so um that's it that's Debates. that's gonna be our show oh you not want to, oh did i miss yeah. that you skipped right uh, over this, it buddy i skipped, you skipped right, right over it, it. oh yeah. <laughs> okay i i did skip i don't know how i did i just guess i wasn't paying attention <laughs> it's just right. my, my, um, my my great delivery in the fantasy court just threw you off that's all it was it did throw me off it did throw me off well i think that um well uh uh so let, let's go Dave, this is the question that we do in 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 every uh in every that we've asked for every guest. Um, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Who you, who you got between those two? I'm taking Fields. I'm more comfortable with him. The experience he has, the throws that he can make, the plays that he did make. Um, mm-hmm. All this talk about him not being able to get to his second read or make his second read. 
I feel like there's some evidence of that, but I also think there's plenty of evidence of him being able to find that second guy. More importantly, be able to make an off-schedule play, an improv improv improvisational play, easy for me to say. Uh, I, I think that you could see Justin Fields um, step up. I think he's a leader. I think he's got the mindset mm-hmm. to be a great quarterback, and he fits right into the athletic profile that you're looking for from an NFL quarterback in that he can run, he can move around, he can throw with accuracy while on the run. I just think he gives a team a whole bunch of options, and I know Zach Wilson can do it too, but he's only had one year's worth of experience. He's had a couple of injuries. That throws me off a little bit as well. Uh, I I just myself feel more comfortable going with Justin Fields ahead of Zach Wilson. And I think we all know all three of our uh, uh, pick for that one. We are all, well, I'm the only one that's leaning Zach Wilson. I mean, I've kind of hedged on the last show, but for, for a couple of months there, I'd been on Zach Wilson. Um, uh, Dave, when Rondell Moore weighed in, he weighed, or excuse me, when he measured, he measured at five seven. People were very excited about him until that point. Mm-hmm. Which more are you taking in this class, Rondell or Elijah? You talked about Rondell, him being shifty. I agree with you, but five seven is small. Five seven is really small. Yeah, it's hard to find guys who have been that effective while being that small. What I'm worried about is that Rondale might have a couple of he he might have like two or three really exciting seasons and then injuries hit him and he he falls out. So Elijah Moore might last a little bit longer. And not to say that Elijah Moore isn't as explosive as Rondale Moore, but I, I just I like the the uber quickness that Rondell gives versus Elijah. I, I see Elijah Moore. I see a lot of receivers that are really good. You know, I, I'm not saying he's going to be AJ Brown. Obviously those are some easy comparisons to make. Debo Samuel is another guy, just, you know, a thick wide receiver that can make a play after the catch, but Rondell, he's not as thick, but he can definitely make plays after the catch. And if he lands in the right offense and he's given the right opportunity, uh, I, I think he can be very special, I just am not sure it would be for a long period of time. Give me Rondell. I think he's a little more fun than Elijah Moore. I I, I agree with you. I, and I'm hoping for uh, Rondell Moore actually right here from Trinity High School where I'm at in Louisville, Kentucky. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pulling for him. Dave, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you didn't have to do that. I mean, I think people know to follow you uh, at Dave Richard on Twitter, follow your content at CBS Sports. Is there, and listen to fantasy football today. Is there anything else that you want to uh, say before we get you out of here? You know, just everybody who's watching and listening, please do me a favor. The next time there's breaking sports news, and it doesn't have to be football, any sport. Give CBS Sports HQ a try. That's our free 24-7 streaming service. It's got scores. It's got news. It's got highlights. It's got smart analysis. But when there's breaking news, we go border to border finding analysts to break it down and help you come to a conclusion on what's what what does this news mean whether it's you know uh, a surprise winner at the masters or uh, a no hitter in san diego something like that when there's breaking news give it a shot don't reach for your remote for your 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 tv go online it's free. You don't have to give your email address or nothing. Give this, go to cbssportshq.com and watch Breaking Sports News live as it happens. 
And Dave, during the football season, at least in season past, you guys have had the Saturday night radio show and then the Sunday morning uh, television show. Are those? I, I that's part of my routine is listening to you guys on Saturday and and, and Saturday night and Sunday morning. Is that going to be continuing this season? We are still going to be on Sunday mornings on CBS Sports HQ. So CBSSportsHQ.com, Fantasy Football Today. It's on every day during the football season, mm-hmm. but on Sundays, 10 a.m until after kickoff we go after kickoff believe it or not uh to help people get ready for their fantasy weeks every single week we've been doing it for over a decade fantasy football today on cbssportshq.com well again dave thank you for uh for joining us um again go go to cbs sports hq um catch these guys if you're listening to this podcast you probably know that already that's going to be our show for tonight you can find our written content at campusdecant.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Debbie Debate. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We went a little long with Dave, but we will get him rescheduled soon. Matt Bruning for Austin Nace for Dave Richard. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter up, caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.